Hello and welcome to Movies and Tea. I'm your host as always, Edward Jones, and joining me of course is my co-host, Miss Kim Lowe. Hello. Um, tonight we continue our season-long look at the creature feature. As tonight we're taking 1977's Kingdom of the Spiders, best known for starring William Shatner, Captain Kirk himself, here in a role where he gets to be both a cowboy and seducer of exotic out-of-towners while playing the small-town desert sheriff who finds that the local livestock are under attack from ravenous spiders who, thanks to the cause of uh, the locals using pesticides and killing off all their food, have now decided to group up and start preying on the humans. Kim, have you seen Kingdom of the Spiders before or is this the first time watch yourself? It's the first time watch. The only spider creature feature I've seen before this is Eight-Legged Freaks. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going for a treat this season because we've got another one coming up as well at some uh, towards the end. So, Which is going to be rather exciting, especially when we compare it to this one. But no, I mean, when it comes to King of the Spiders, this again was the first time I watched myself as well. Um, the only thing I knew about this uh, film is that if you're one of uh, Final Girl's um, Ridiculous Faces of Death, which we will talk about a bit later. I apologize, I'm really forgetting her name now. So, I don't know what your personal feelings are on spiders. Well, I mean, I'm not a fan of them. <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> if they're not in my vicinity, like, I don't go out of my way to be bothered by it. But, yeah. I mean, when they're in the house, they kind of, you know, it's creepy, crawly creatures, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. I've got very sort of set rules of where I like spiders to be. Like, I don't like them in the bathroom or in the car. And there's nothing worse than, like, when you're driving down the road and, like, a spider, like, comes down in front of you. It's like, oh, hey, man. And you just, like, your hands, like, clamp up and you... I almost crashed my car once just because that happened, and it's worse still. The situation gets worse because as you move the car, the spider obviously on a pendulum uh, is swinging forth, so the horror is only increasing. <laughs> um, I also not a fan of him in the bedroom. Oh yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, it's, there's nothing worse than having a spider on your face when, like, when you're like in sleep. It would just put you in like the worst mood for like the rest of the night. So. Uh, I mean, I had—I never had a spider on my face, at least not to my knowledge. But I had one which crawled up my sheets one time, and it was just like, "Hello," you know, type of thing <laughs> in my <Yeah>. face. <laughs> hey, man. Let <laughs> <laughs> hang here. Yeah, so I don't know what it is. As I said, spiders, as uh, I like them in the garden. I like them when they deal with the flies. You know, they're very useful creatures. So I have no yeah sort of qualms about it. I don't like going to shoot them out of, out of it because they, you know, they they serve a purpose. It's just they have a place to serve said purpose. And as I said, my bathroom and my bedroom is not the place for it to be. Which is something these spiders could have learned from because they have no qualms about invading everywhere, it seems. But. I mean, obviously, William Shatner, Canada's own, and now actual spaceman. Because he went up in Bezos's rocket, just for to add to that ongoing ego trip they've got going over there. So, I mean, are you a fan of Shatner at all? <laughs> no. No? I've watched nothing of William Shatner, basically, other than this one. Like, I've seen him in, like, little roles, basically, later in his career. Um... I mean, I was going through a bit of his stuff, and I was like, "Oh, he was on. He was in like a little role in like what Miss Congeniality and yeah, and um, just you know little things here and there. I've I've seen him act and whatnot, but uh, I 
honestly haven't seen a lot of his stuff, and I never really caught on with the older Star Trek, so I, that's even more of a blind spot for me. So, I've seen the movies. I didn't watch a lot of the original series. Um, I used to catch episodes here and there, mainly because there was nothing else to watch, and I had four channels, so I would stumble across it, much like the other, you know, avenues of uh, Star Trek. I've never been a, a Trekkie or a Trekker. Um, and at the time I was a, I was more of a Star Wars kid and then obviously Disney bought Star Wars and ruined it forever so <laughs> now I'm now I'm a fan of neither or maybe I'll just get into Stargate or something like that but um, <laughs> yeah I mean here he plays uh, Dr. Robert Rack Hansen um, cold so because of uh, how his brother used to steal all his hard earned money by cheating him at pool and uh, the he's a veterinarian out in the Arizona desert and basically he spends his days playing cowboy hanging out with his, his uh, dead brother's wife which is a rather unique situation and um, especially when you open open with him like been introduced he's doing like some roping he's like been doing the whole cowboy thing and you think he's gonna engage in a little bit of lust in the dust with uh this cowgirl and then he's like no do not call me my brother's name and then just storms off <laughs> which is like such a weird opening i thought so it is i mean but i i feel like a lot of these older creature features seem to have these weird moments um, yeah that kind of give them this I don't know, this uh, romantic plot line, I guess, just to... I guess it kind of emphasizes why it's an impossibility with this woman type of thing, like, sets their relationship right away. Yeah. Because it's... I don't know, because it, it's very weird in the sense that this whole subplot with um, his brother's widow is uh, is there, because it never really comes into, like, actual useful play. <laughs> It Other than the fact it. that giving them uh, a little girl to be in the scenes and uh, having her meet her end, much like you know, in Birds with the school teacher. Uh, oh yeah. So there, there were like a lot of parallels. I thought, like to, to the Birds, actually, when I was watching this. Uh, maybe it's just maybe creature features in general. Like even this one and them had some. Like I felt like they kind of had moments which did uh, cross over and you kind of think about it and you realize that when you talk about creature features I think the main thing is that there aren't a lot of creative ways for like birds or spiders to kill it's just kind of like they nature creates some type of imbalance that makes them want to uh, survive so yeah. they adapt and survive that way yeah I know what uh, what you're saying and basically by him shooting it down it paves the way for the actual love interest uh, the arachnophologist um, Diane here played by Tiffany Bolling this one actually came towards the end of her career um, previous to this I mean she'd done um, the Candy Snatchers which is like a crime exploitation movie and she also did the centerfold girls in 74 um this one obviously coming in 77 and she's basically there to provide the 
I, 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 she's supposed to be like, um, you know, this uh, scientist chick, but she um, is just basically just there just to be, you know, the love interest, really, and occasionally tells something interesting about spiders. That's generally her role in this film. Um, the spiders themselves also note where they're firing their own camera crew. As we get some really cool um, spider POV shots um, as they attack a uh, calf at the beginning of the film. So, uh, do you find it kind of weird the fact that they tease out the fact that, you know, that it's spiders doing the attack when it's right there in the title? <laughs> <laughs> like, we think, so we think, like, oh, it's going to be spiders and it's, it's not, it's something else. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's obviously we know what we're going into, right? Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like, I think the, the main mystique of the whole thing is really uh, what is the cause of it? Like, what are these spiders are, you know, why are they, they having that thing? You know, in them, it was because they were mutated from, you know, whatever nuclear radioactive, whatever, right? Um, but when we're talking about this one, it, it, it becomes something that everybody questions. So they're really playing it out. They're like, you know, these are small town folks. They don't really, they don't really, you know, they're so used to the norm that they're not used to being like, oh, why are, you know, they're kind of like shrugging off and doubting that spider venom is the cause when all the tests come back that it is spider venom. Yeah. <laughs> and you just have this thing where you're just kind of like, you know, you bring in the whole, you also, you know, this point is a jumping point where you jumping off point where you have that, uh, you know, the more the, the female character being like, oh, are you doubting me? You know, in the <laughs> sense, of, if I was a man, would you be doubting me? Like type of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, which which gives her more of a I guess more of a, you know, quote unquote feminist type of viewpoint. You're like a stronger female type of thing. And. I think that works. I mean, I don't I don't hate the character. I think that, you know, she she brings in good points of view in the sense like good good little details. I don't know how true they are, but at the same time, I'm not really like studying up on spiders in my spare time. <laughs> so, you know, it is she's there to provide extra knowledge on like, oh, why, you know, like, oh, fire extinguisher is going to get them, you know, or or something like that or you know, throwing the thing is a, you know, the, the stuff is poisonous and it's a bad idea, you know, like, he's going to yeah. make it worse, but why, you know, you don't, you don't know. They never elaborate on why these things are useful or not. Uh, but she is there to be a, she is there to be like a specialist in her area um, while still being like the love interest. It, but it's the same thing as the, as you know, the previous movies where the love interest is, you know, they have a kiss, they have a hug and. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, things, it's, it's, things get bad. <laughs> it's a uh, it's not so raunchy in the fifties, is it, compared to the seventies? And I mean, this is obviously coming after Jaws, so it's the seventy-five. So this is coming two years after Jaws, and the studios are really sort of banking all the money on the creature feature. So we're entering into the golden age of the creature feature, where basically anything remotely scary would scan its own movie. So, sharks, obviously, there was a number of cash-ins, especially from the Italians, when you had things such as, like, The Last Shark, and you had Bruno Mattai bringing out Jaws 5, Deadly Jaws. With I think with, this, with King of the Spiders, it sort of hits on that that instinctual fear. I mean, obviously, with sharks, sharks are scary. Same as if, like, you look at things like Raw, because, you know, lions are scary. And spiders, obviously, have that 
they instill that sort of fear in us. So we just f- f- times that by a thousand, and they're all big hairy tarantula types. Yeah. yeah, these aren't these aren't like in you know arachnophobia with the little house spider things. These are big hairy ass things. <laughs> Which the production of the production budget fifty thousand dollars of it. I mean, this is only a million dollars they had to spend on the on the movie, and they turned in a profit of about thirty million. So it really earned some and some change there. But half of the budget went towards getting the spiders because uh, they offered the producers offered the handlers ten dollars for each live tarantula they brought them, and they turned up with five thousand of them. <laughs> Many of which were released into the local surrounding area, which unsurprisingly saw a spike in tarantula numbers for a number of years afterwards. Also, the town itself, because they did such a rush job and like covering up all the filming, you could see like spider stencils in a lot of the buildings in the town where they shot it. The tarantulas themselves, these aren't, as I said, these aren't animatronic tarantulas, they're real tarantulas, uh, which obviously provides all the usual difficulties of keeping exotic spiders because you've got to keep them all in separate containers because they're all cannibalistic. And the fact as well that tarantulas generally are rather shy so you they had to use fans to basically convince them to look threatening do you think the actual when it came to obviously with with the spiders here the the scary well i say scary because this film isn't especially scary and you know again depending on what you think of spiders but is it this the sheer horde of spiders that came with you which actually sort of generated the frills here or is it um the fact that you know they look potentially dangerous that sort of did more for you i mean tarantulas in general are pretty are pretty dangerous in the sense you know like that they there there is a certain fear towards them like i don't live anywhere warm enough to have tarantulas outside of pet stores you know yeah so (laughs) it's not exactly like my everyday spider you know household spider that i see so there is a little bit of the fear of the unknown, I guess. And, and you know, these hairy creatures aren't exactly you know, fun to look at. So I think that horror, like, if you were talking about, like, was it really scary? It, the movie itself wasn't very scary. But I think it was more like the unsettling feeling, right? There are certain scenes, especially where you're in the beginning, where I actually think that when the spiders show up, like, oh, when they're quietly, you know, a trail of tarantulas crawling up the hmm. back of the guy in the in the truck as he's going to whatever the hospital or something. Yeah. And that was kind of unsettling in that sense because it was it was just, you know, this was the first moment where you had the spiders attacking humans. Um, and you didn't know if they were really there to attack him or whatnot. And it was just kind of slyly they were hiding in the back of his truck. Um but, you know, when you get to the end, like, like I think the comparison here is we're coming out of watching the birds. So would you think a field of birds, a field of, like, ravens or crows is more scarier than a field of tarantulas, right? I think the superior numbers, just the horde of anything yeah. is unsettling. Like when you when you have, like, um, like when you, you know, you watch Temple of Doom and you've got the bug layer. Yeah. And it's just like hundreds of screaming bugs. It's like that's unnerving. Like when we see all the birds on the the jungle gym and yeah. and obviously the birds. That's again unsettling because it's got that you don't know what's gonna happen here. And I think those scenes are certainly more effective than like when they're actually attacking people or 
uh, when we see him like swooping, when you see the seagulls like circling in the air. Um, and I think it, when it came to this one, it was just like it was more sort of uh, unnerving, like when just like when you have those scenes, especially in the last half hour, because this first hour of this movie is so tedious. I will warn <laughs> you in advance. I was like. I was like, can we just like? I was almost at the point of like going to say to you, can we just watch something else? But I'm, I'm kind of glad I stuck with it because it hits that final half hour, and then it just goes absolutely gonzo. Um, where we have spiders coming out of everywhere, and there's a scene of a woman getting to. Well, first of all, she's trying to shoot the spiders, which are moving towards her very slowly, and then the spider gets in her hand, and she thinks that you know, rather than swipe it off, she just shoots it off her own hand. <laughs> Yeah, a bit drastic, right? It made me laugh, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm just like looking at Shatner and going, "Can we get Doug McClure in to do this? This is like his <laughs> his meat and potatoes sort of thing, you know? There's things, there's monsters to be ba- battled, women to seduce. I mean, that's what Doug McClure does, and he's got more charisma than Shatner." I don't I mean, know. I mean, I've never really understood Shatner's appeal, but I really dial it down to the fact that I I haven't seen enough of the man. And maybe if I went to like the Comic Cons and I actually went into mm. some of his 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 Q and As, I'd be a little bit more. I'd, I'd understand a bit more of it. But I, you know, to be fair, I I can't really judge any of this. But I, I don't know. I mean, these movies are creature features. I think it's really. It's really tough in that sense where when you're trying to like, oh, you know, trying to get someone maybe with a bit more. Maybe they got Shatner because he had a little bit more street cred, you know? Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, originally Shatner didn't want to do the film and it was actually the director um, who personally went out to, you know, ask him to do the film. Uh, the film itself was directed by Judd Bud Cardos. Um, it's the first time I've actually seen a director with a nickname um, quotation marks. Normally, it's like crew members you see with the quotation marks. Yeah. I've never seen a director as like having the um, having them. Huh. True. I was a little bit surprised too. <laughs> no, I mean he was um, in terms of like director. I mean he did the blast rotation from the uh, red, white, and black from nineteen seventy, mm. and then. This was sort of like his real sort of standout film when we sort of like look at what he did. Because, I mean, the else is like things like The Forbidden World in 82, which is awful. Um, and The Dark in 79, which I haven't seen. But, um, yeah, he was uh, kind of like a an everyman when it came to doing films. He was a stuntman. He was a producer. He was a director. Um, and for whatever reason, he just really wanted Shatner to be in this movie. Um I guess this is like the Western version when we say that, you know, films haven't got Anthony Wong money. Um, this would be like the alternate version. It's like, oh, I didn't have Doug McClure money then, so we had to go and get Shatner. And again, <laughs> like yourself, I don't understand the appeal. It's like, yes, he was Kurt, but he just talks weird all the time and overacts everything. I just don't see his appeal. I don't know. I mean, back then, I really think, like, as we watch some of these films, I feel like overacting is one of those, like staples of the films um but i mean i i i I don't really have i don't really think anybody else in the same role would have made that make that much of a difference because i really think the characters themselves were fairly thin it wasn't really like they were meant to build up the plot or anything they they were just there as a means of you know fighting against the this 
this tarantula invasion. <laughs> yeah. And again, we, with with this obviously coming so soon after George, you can see many of the same plot points of Jaws. It's sort of like you've got the mayor who wants to run the local co- yes. country fair and is ignoring all the advice about the spiders, um, which are, are impacting it. And it's like you've got two experts here saying, don't put chemical pesticides on the spiders. It's not going to work. Don't open the town. And he's just like, no, we're going to open this town. And, of course, it goes horribly wrong. And, again, that's also in the last half hour of this movie where the spiders take over a plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in um, the ridiculous face of death of the movie. Um, I know. <laughs> no, it was the weirdest thing was it was just it was I think that was that was so funny. And so, like, you don't know whether to laugh or not. I thought it was pretty funny in the sense that the the plane also didn't make a lot of sense because it, you were no. like because it was like the guy was just you know when in his close-ups he was just yelling like shrieking it wasn't even just yelling it was shrieking at the top of yeah. his lungs and his hands were just flailing around but yet the plane from afar was going up and down and up and down and it was and oh yeah, it's doing quite the stunt routine, wasn't it? So. It was it was so crazy because you were watching this close up and it didn't match what the plane was doing. And the plane was like, oh, it was, it's getting closer. It's dipping low near the town and then it goes back up and then it circles the town. And then it comes like straight for them that are watching this whole thing go down. Yeah. <laughs> They don't bother to really move into the last minute. And even more amusing is the fact that that was actually Shatner and and um, and Co. that were right beside the garage when the plane blows up. <laughs> it wasn't stuntmen because they couldn't afford stuntmen to be in the road. So they decided to basically have them there where they eat itself this uh, huge explosion. <laughs> it always blew them up by the looks of it. But um, it's funny you mentioned when you say about the plane like going up and down. There's a shot when they're inside the cockpit and you can see a spider on the gear stick. Yeah. So I assume that's why who was flying the plane. <laughs> I don't know. Was is is a spider in your biplane worse than a spider in your car? I have to wonder. I think either is a pretty bad situation because you're you're in motion. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, I mean, if you see like a a horde of spiders sitting around at your foot and crawling all over you, it's mm. it's probably pretty scary. I mean, considering one spider is, is still pretty scary when they're where they're not so usually supposed to be. There's a scene just before he takes off where he looks longingly at the side at the graphic on the side of his plane, and I couldn't figure out what why they lingered on this shot for so long. He's like got his little um, extermination little stamps on there, and he just looks so longingly at this plane, um, all these little uh, stamps on there, and it it just makes no sense whatsoever why we held so long on that shot. I don't know. I thought he was doing something, but I wasn't sure whether he was. Like, I, I don't know whether he was just looking at it or maybe it's to emphasize, like, the inhumanity of this. And that's why the spiders want to get him. But it seems like the spiders want to get everybody. So <laughs> they just want food. They're short of food. So, <laughs> of course, and now they have a plane. So this basically just uh, leads the town into riots, which... Um... It's just basically a lot of extras running around with with fake spiders on them. At least I hope it was. I know that Shatner in his autobiography talks about how when they were filming it, that the spiders used to constantly get run over, and the sound of it was awful to him. So, um, you, I don't think you would get away with that sort of thing now, like 
we're so protective of like animals on sets and stuff. Yeah. Even like in terms of censorship in Britain, it's like one of the harshest thing. One of the few things we're like super critical about is like animal cruelty on film. Mm. Um, so I don't think that these uh, sort of practices would would gone on. I don't know what the rights of spiders on sets are, whether they are as protected or uh, or not. But I mean, this is obviously the seventies, so it's a wild time out there. <laughs> But, you know, another thing about the film that that's kind of crazy is if you think about it, they were saying about how the pesticide was a bad idea and it turned out to be a bad idea, um, not because of the pesticide, but <laughs> because of because of a plane crashing. Um, but but then when you think about it, their alternative was to use birds or rats, which yeah. ended up being a pretty moot point, because when we go further into the movie, they actually do see a rat being attacked by spiders as well. <laughs> so basically, nothing could have saved them. <laughs> which which was basically the ending of this movie, right? This movie ended up at a point where it was just... There was really no salvation. It was kind of like the bird situation where it wasn't really like it was resolved. Yeah. I give it... You know what? I give the film real credit for going with... Um... With the with the bleak ending that it does, where we basically end on this matte painting of and you know spoiler alert here, this painting and it's basically the town and everything's covered in spider web and yeah. it reminded me of the mist like the original yeah. ending of the mist where it's just like the world of mist and them driving off into the distance like believing that they picked up a radio signal and just hanging on to this last hope of salvation and obviously. Uh, in the film version, we had that ending, which we've we've talked many times about it mm. being such a diversive ending. I know there's people out there who love it, and the people like myself who just felt that film didn't earn the ending that it had. So to have the film essentially give us the missed ending, I was I was actually really happy with that. As uh, yeah, and and it seemed to be like the way the film's like going as well. It's like we're the the survivors of this town are holed up in this motel. They're barricades on the windows and they're basically trying to stop the spiders getting in, which are basically getting in at this point through any uh crack or ventilation shaft that they can. And there's a couple of shots like within this scene in particular, I couldn't tell whether it was like intentional or not. There's um such as a scene where she throws the hot the pan of boiling water on and then you see Shatner pick it up and clearly it's like still hot. The way he sort of fumbles that part and there's a couple of other scenes where he seems to be actually generally bitten by spiders. Like when he flails his hands around and stuff and like the spider's hanging off him still. So I just wondered, as I said, because I couldn't find anything in like a goof section on IMDb for this film. So I do wonder how much of like those those little onset accidents were just kept in the film as, um, you know, just colour. <laughs> I don't know. I mean... I I honestly think the film is not bad. Like it's 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 a little bit long at the beginning, but it really does kind of redeem itself by the end, where it does build up with the whole spider thing. It's not like oh right away. I kind of was expecting there would be like this humongous spider to show up, <laughs> but it was just a bunch of tarantulas in the end. Like just the number was increased over time, and it was very like a bird situation where you know. You had like single attacks, and then you had like, and then you, and then it was like a horde. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, we get to see like that big spider hill. 
Yeah. Which I really hope's not a thing. <laughs> I don't. I don't want that in the back of my garden. It's a big spider mound. I would want to recommend this film more just for that last half hour. But as I said, that first hour is just so tedious. Um, where nothing's really happening. I mean, you occasionally get something interesting like happen, such as like the dog that goes missing, or you've got that old man who's like converted his car, um, so he's got a cow in the back, and he's like the trunk's basically been got this whole section he's built on the side of, on the back of his car, which I thought was pretty funny. Mm. Um, those those little bits with like the 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 sort of town residents were quite uh, quite fun, but. No, it's just so much of Shatner trying to get his bloody end away in that first hour. And it's like, enough already. <laughs> it's like, I don't need to know about her checking into a room. And, oh, I mean, we completely forgot as well when she goes up to the motel and you've got the guy there with his RV and his wife. And he's openly hitting on, on her when his wife's, like, sitting right next to him. <laughs> I thought the guy was really creepy. It was just... He was creepy. He was meant to be very odd, I think, like... But then it was kind of like, oh, it, he he ended up being a hold up with them and, and, and at the end, and it was just, yeah. <laughs> it was, I don't know the the film is very weird because there's some parts which you you kind of expect it to be a little bit odd and stuff, but then you also have parts which it's it's kind of like you're not really sure whether you're meant to laugh or to to be scared. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, the beginning has a lot of padding. Like, it, it pads out these characters of how they get there, why they're there, and, you know, the whole suspicion of the spiders goes on for, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes, whatever. Yeah, I mean, for having two experts there, I mean, we've got a vet who's got, um, got all the lab, expensive lab equipment, despite being in this desert town. He has, like, one of the most expensive buildings in the area. And we obviously got this um, arachnophologist who is, again, just further proof of what's going on in this town. Yet we still feel the need to sort of drag it out and have people disbelief and stuff. So and at least when we compare it to like Jaws, Jaws had the decency to give us like a number of exciting attacks to tease out things. Here we just get a lot of, oh, I'm in this relationship, this weird relationship with my brother, my dead brother's wife. <laughs> um isn't my isn't my niece adorable? These sorts of uh, things the film throws at us. I think, yeah, it's there's just there's just not much to really hold my interest in that first hour, and then it just sort of really pays off in that last half hour. So, I think that's the thing is 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 that the film really takes its time at the beginning, but when you finally, I think where where it turn where it's a turning point is when they find that first body, which is. Um, which is kind of like this, because the spiders hadn't done it before, where they were weaving webs around their victims. And basically it kind of solidifies that whole concept of, like, what they were guessing why this was the case, where the spiders were migrating there. Because, you know, apparently tarantulas were not supposed to be there. They're, for, they're off course from where they're supposed to normally be. And, and and it kind of solidifies the fact of why they've changed uh, their their intentions, which I kind of like because it, it kind of gave you, okay, well, speculation and then confirmation. And then how are they going to fix it? Or can they fix it? And then 
being kind of stuck in this world where basically, I mean, spoiler at the end because we already talked about it, is is really they're they're you know <laughs> they were meant they were going to die eventually. There was no way they were going <laughs> to get out of this because eventually the fireplace went under firewood, or you'd have to hole up that you'd have to like block out all of the that space right and then without any air and you can't open the doors because the spiders will come in then what what do you have left you know nothing you, you'd eventually run out of, run out of oxygen and you know that's me would you i don't i it's um uh the siege elements as i said this is the problem it's like, like everything i like about this film happens in the last half hour it's like whenever I keep thinking of things I liked about this film, it's sort of like I like the biplane, I like the siege sequences, um, the town sequence, yeah. the, the town coming to attack, um, that woman with the gun, especially. I think I've got a gift of that somewhere saved just for my own amusement. But <laughs> it's um, these, as I said, these are all moments that I handle just when I'd just about given up on on the film. It then decides to like suddenly catch my interest, but. But yeah, for that reason, I don't see myself like returning to this one again. Yeah. Um, just because I can't see myself wanting to sit for that first hour again. Maybe I'd like skip skip forward um, to that last half hour and show people that part. But um, yeah, I don't. It's not one I can see myself returning to, unfortunately. Yeah, me neither. I don't know. I mean, I'm happy that I watched it. <laughs> Because something it, then. It kind of, you know, it's not like a bad movie or anything, but um, it's it's really slow. Like it really takes a long time to start, and I think that that's one of its main issues. I mean, spiders are great type of creature feature element. I think that in, if we're talking about you know the creatures that we're using here, they're definitely effective. Yeah. Um, especially if we're talking about tarantulas because they are scary and they're linked to you know all kinds of scary things when we think about them even if they're maybe their nature isn't really as scary like you said they're you know they're shy and whatnot um yeah they flick leg hair at people <laughs> that's the defense mechanism they they um flick hair from their back legs and that uh, provides a itching reaction i mean uh, the bite from a tarantula is um, about the same as a bee sting so you're fine as long as you're not allergic to tarantula venom and i think Unfortunately, the only way to tell if you're like a tarantula venom is by bitten by a tarantula. But yeah, it's about the equivalent of being bitten by a bee of a bee sting. I've been told. Mm. Um, I knew someone who owned a tarantula called Borisia because it was a girl. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those things. I don't, I don't, never saw the appeal of owning a spider. I'm not like I'm just happy to let spiders be. So, in terms of the creep factor, it definitely has it for me just because of that. You know what spiders are i mean they got they got all those eyes and multiple legs and ah uh. basically right <laughs> it's, it's it's almost as um unnerving as a crab's mouth mm. you look at how crabs eat things that's a really unnerving as well okay i'm creeping myself out here now talking about this so <laughs> <laughs> go get them studio cat you're your defenders won't you says as she's busy knocking the equipment over <laughs> <laughs> our domestic cats all they ever do with spiders is play with them and then they and then the spider still manages to leave <laughs> <laughs> the, the spider gets the best of the cat <laughs> <laughs> she just doesn't care afterwards that's no. my cat my cat just doesn't care after a while oh that's good to know <laughs> so yeah 
that was Kingdom of the Spiders. It's available to rent on Amazon Prime, um, as well as other platforms, so you can definitely check it out. And there's a Blu-ray release as well, if you want to uh, get the fancy version as well. But um, thank you as always for listening. If you haven't done already, please do hit the like and subscribe button wherever you happen to be listening to us. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Come and say hi to us. And you can check out our blog, which is Moves and Tea Podcast at WordPress.com, which has got our full archive episodes, including all our previous seasons, from Paul W.S. Anderson through to Ang Lee to our kick ass female director season, and obviously all the episodes of this creature feature celebration. Um, but, Kim, where does our look at the creature feature genre take us to next? Uh, we are heading into 1980s Alligator. Yes, a film that I never got to enjoy, unlike all our American friends who, for which it was like a regular stable, staple on cable TV. But uh, we never got, it was never shown over here in the UK. We got Alligator 2 for some reason, but not Alligator 1. So it's a film I saw way later, but it's uh, one that I'm definitely looking forward to uh to revisit in and uh, also gives us a fun link to Jackie Brown as well which we'll also be revealing on the next episode but until then thank you as well for listening thanks to my co-host Kim and we will be back next time to talk about Alligator until then good night